Welcome to another episode of Slide Between the Pages with your hosts, Beck and Amanda. This podcast is dedicated to our love of sexy, spicy, dark and gritty romance novels. Please be warned that our episodes are explicit and do contain spoilers. If you have any triggers, please check each book we recommend before you read them. Otherwise, hang on tight and enjoy the ride. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode. Today we are so excited to be joined by Teal Swan. Welcome T. Hi, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for joining us. We have been uh, hanging to talk to you, um, but just a bit of an introduction to you for anybody that hasn't read um, T's books yet. So she is a Wall Street Journal USA Today and number one Amazon best-selling author, which you just showed us some of your trophies that you get from Amazon, and we were like so, so cool. excited. <laughs> so I did not know you got those, but they look amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty, pretty cool. The crystal trophies they give out. So, yep, thank you. And I think you know you're doing doing well when you get trophies. You know I what I mean? Know, like, right? I I hardly ever got trophies my whole life, so to get them for writing is like what the hell? But, yeah. yeah. Finally, I'm getting my my Finally. <laughs> I I love that they put the book in the frame. That's so cool. Like that's I know, just- I know. When I first got my very first one, it was such a surprise. I think you get it. Um, they frame a book for you when you hit a hundred thousand copies. Yeah. When, when I got my first one, I was so overwhelmed that I cried. And then every time I would go anywhere in the house, I would take it with me in case the house got sick <laughs> or something. Like I was <laughs> <laughs> I know well you've got to keep that because that is such a huge achievement like something to be so proud of but I mean you have you've sold millions of books um and what's even better is that your books are currently translated into 20 different languages and they've hit number one on Amazon in the USA UK Canada Australia and Germany like that is huge I know it's it's very surreal like what the hell but I'm not complaining it's great no absolutely it's wonderful and you're currently writing some screenplays on a number of your titles yeah I am I'm tinkering in the background so I'm trying to I've been learning the I suppose you'd call it the craft of screenwriting yeah is not easy because the maximum uh, a feature film can be is 115 pages double spaced Wow. Okay. You know, whenever you re- you watch a movie and you think to yourself, they've left so much good stuff out. Yeah. You yeah, always absolutely. get annoyed. Yeah. Now I get it. It's because my books are 600 pages long to fit yeah. 115 pages. Like it's. That's I know. Crazy. I don't even know that. It's crazy to try and do it to make it even half as good as the book. You know what I mean? So absolutely. I take back everything I ever said about every screenwriter going, oh, they've ruined it. Because now I'm <laughs> like, ah, I get why they had to cut that bit. <laughs> absolutely. What a cut. That I did not know that there was. 150 pages because each page is two minutes. Yeah. So okay. works out that's the movie time. Yeah. Right. They, they can't extend it. So it is really, really 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 skilled process and it is very hard I feel yeah. sorry for the authors who've had books made into movies and they get crucified for the movie being too short or cutting out all the good bits because it's honestly not their fault like, no absolutely really hard yeah anyway. and I guess to even maintain 
as much of that plot as well like yeah and it'd be so difficult so hard and because there's no inner dialogue like yeah. a lot yeah. of my writing um the sarcasm and the wit comes in the inner dialogue so when mm. there's none of that it's very very hard to transcend yeah the, of the book you know what I mean like it is it's yeah like I said I'm tinkering <laughs> trying to learn but it's basically write three pages scrap two and a half so <laughs> <laughs> We could be here for a while. <laughs> you might that have to turn good. into a series, maybe like uh, a TV yeah, series. Yeah. You know what? Since I've been, like I said, tinkering, I probably would actually prefer my books to be made into a series because at least then we can delve into every subject plot. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. You don't have to cut major things. I always thought the movies were the be all and end all, but I'm kind of getting to understand the shorts you know the eight series short series like yeah absolutely Bridgerton on one book because you actually get all the scenes in so and you can build the character and yeah, I kind of get it now I never got it before but I do now and I guess I, I um, love that idea for the series as well like you know when you've got your standalones that have the same sort of subplot you I guess with a tv series you could kind of run them in parallel but and not yeah that would be know. my ultimate goal is to have like for example, I'm not saying this will happen, but, um, you know, like a Miles High series and have the yes. four brothers' stories all running interweaved. Yeah. Yes. Like that oh, my gosh, my yes. Ultimate, or the Stanton series or the Italian series or, you know what I mean, That's that would be my ultimate. So let's see what I can come up with. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? That sounds amazing. Um, yeah, and so we're like totally happy to be involved in the in the character <laughs> the casting um, the casting yeah, yeah. yeah. totally yeah. here for that especially okay. like for the miles brothers like yeah. i'll be there um, can you imagine how hard that would be to cast i know and honestly i'll put in the dedication like i will <laughs> go through all the men and find the right one just to make sure we do the character justice you know thank you I'm, I'm glad someone around here is prepared to do the work <laughs> we'll, we would we definitely put in the hard work we don't want to take uh, up your time <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no I love that and you do you've got so many books out there um that people can get into and today we are going to talk about the miles high club um and so we do have it is a series of four books so far, um, yep. one for each of the four brothers. And Beck and I were just talking the other day about why is the concept of four brothers so hot? Yeah, like, I love it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I always love, um, I love friendships and the banter that comes with, you know, friendships. And I, I kind of like the idea of brothers being friends but being very different. But you know, mm, having that yes. friendship banter. So it's kind of my jam. And I, I actually I'm writing a new series at the moment for Montlake. Yep. And the first book release is in August next year. And I'm like, I just keep thinking to myself, could they be brothers? Because it's about <laughs> four, you know, four or five guys. And I'm like, could they? Can't just two be brothers? Like I really every time I think it, I think, no, no, no. This is different. <laughs> You know, or no, like just, two of them could be twins, but yeah, like, just like they're just their personalities are completely different, but like they've got that connection. This brother connection thing, but I yeah. Yeah. anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I, don't I, don't know what it is. I just love I as I said to Amanda, I was like, I just I don't know. I just love like some might like thinking back a lot of my favorite series, they are yeah, like a group of brothers. Yeah. <laughs> and there's always yeah, like four or five of them. 
Yeah, I agree. Yes, so we do have Jemison, Tristan, Christopher and Elliot and we start with Jemison in the stopover and I think even if people haven't read it, surely they've heard about it because it is all over TikTok, it's all over social media, like it's definitely, you know, something that you would have come across at some point. Um, And the reason why we're focusing on the Miles High Club as well, just before we get into it, is because you do have Miles Ever After, which is coming out in February um and it's going to be um bonus epilogues mm-hmm. and I know that people will be hanging for them because you I'm sure like you get a lot of requests from people like we want well, more so the problem okay so the, this is the problem for me so my average book is around 160 to 170,000 words yeah my word count limit for Montlake which is Amazon who I wrote the series for they're my publisher yep um is 120,000 words oh gosh so and and at first it was 80,000 words and I had to fight to get that extra 40,000 so literally they will not let me do one even page of an epilogue oh my gosh and it's been a real sticking point for us because if you've read any of my other books you know I love an Mm. epilogue and I love to tie everything up and so back on book one or back Book two was the, the clincher. I really felt like the takeover with Tristan and the boys really needed an epilogue. I needed that closure, what happened next, you know, and they just wouldn't let me have it. And we got into this big, not a fight, but a heated discussion, and they agreed to let me write an epilogue book at the end. Okay. Yeah. That was three years ago, three or four years ago when I did that. So I've had that under my sleeve and I wasn't allowed to relate you know what I mean I wasn't allowed to elaborate or tell anyone that they were coming so I have been getting absolutely pumped for five years about epilogues that weren't there and I'm like I can't tell you but there's one coming so (laughs) it's going to be good for me to go finally here it is girls it's been written for a long time but yeah yeah Absolutely. I can imagine because people love, like, obviously you get so um, caught up with and obsessed with characters when you're reading and you really get involved in that world. So you're kind of like, well, what happens? Where is that, you know, where is it gone? So, yeah, I think people will be very excited to get to get this. I I will be excited to clear out (laughs) thousand million emails every day telling me off for no epilogues. But (laughs) I think that that's actually, fun. I, now that you said, now I've noticed, <laughs> noticed that, because even at the end of the stopover, we're kind of like, hey, wait, wait, why is it so quick? Like, what, is what else? The rest of it? Like, usually yeah. when I write my books, you know, there's a good three or four chapters winding down and tying everything up and giving yeah. happily ever afters. And these books is basically they get together, bang, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, if you if you're a close watcher of my style, you know that it's quite different, and it's because I've had a word count to stick to, and it's been really tough. So some of the epilogues even flick back in time and go to parts of the books that I wasn't allowed to write that we had to cut because I okay. my world. So it's yeah, it's gonna be good. That's actually I'm- really cool. Yeah, it will be good because yeah, I'm sure there's parts as you're reading through that you're like. Mm. you know it's just it might not even be something that sticks with you but then when you read the epilogue and you go yeah actually I really want to know why that happened I really need that I really need that (laughs) I needed that um 
I'm actually going to put a post up in the Miles High discussion group next week and just ask anyone or for everyone's feedback on what are the questions that they didn't get answered in the book? Because, because yeah. you know, like the stopover published four years ago and three yeah. ago, and I've written those that long ago, but I'm going to go back and rework them soon. So I just want to know, is there anything that I haven't thought, you know, sometimes yeah, there's, there's a blazing question that people want to know that, I already think everyone knows because it's in my head. I know it. Absolutely. You know I mean? yeah. So I just want to make yeah. sure I'm not missing any key points. Definitely. Yeah, no, I like that. I do have one question, so I will be sure to put it in there. Please. <laughs> what is it? Um, it it's about um, the Ferrara family. <laughs> ah, yes. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Okay. They're my favourites too. Yeah. I love the Italians. Yeah, I'm actually going um, sounds a bit wanky, but I'm actually going to Italy to Lake Como for two months next year to write Valentino. Oh, that sounds amazing! It would be authentic, authentically written in Italy. So yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. That sounds so good. Oh, can you believe it? What is this life? But anyway, oh, you can totally immerse yourself in it. You're like I need, I actually need to do this because it's part of my writing process. So, you mm. know, this needs to important. Because I actually wrote the Italian in Italy when I was yes. in Italy, and I was mm-hmm. in um, Rome. Yeah, and I was in the Pantheon, and the whole story came to me, and I was like, I love that. Okay, okay, this is the story. And we're for the next three weeks on our trip, I was just like every night, like writing notes, (laughs) quick, quick, quick. Well, because it's hard to, you know, soak up the atmosphere when you're not there. Oh, absolutely. It's like a completely different, different vibe. So, yeah, so that was, yeah, it was great. But anyway, that sounds amazing. Um, Okay, so the stopover is about Jemison Mm -hmm. Um, or Jim. Which or Jim, we wouldn't go. Um, and Emily, those those the characters. Um, so and we say all four brothers, they're extremely wealthy. Um, they're the owner of the owners of Miles Media Corp. So stop over. I do love a good plane trope. A plane um, trope. I'm just going to call it a plane trope. I feel like it should be its own (laughs) trope, right? Because Uh there's always, you know, these moments and you're always thinking like, I wish I could have a moment like that on a plane, right? Like I just got upgraded to first class. I know. I've got a funny story about how this book came about. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'd love to hear. So I got upgraded once on a trip and I look like crap as usual and I was sitting there and all these gorgeous businessmen were walking in and sitting all around me. And I was sitting there thinking, imagine if you were here and you were, you know, you got drunk and you were flirting with some guy and then there had to be a stopover. And, you know, like it was literally as I was sitting on the plane looking at all these people and it just came to me. And it's funny because now every time anyone's going away, (laughs) And, you know, you send them the email before they go or whatever. I always write, I hope you get upgraded. And they write, 
so do I. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like you're just sitting there and then all of a sudden it's like a fantasy world. You've got this like gorgeous. Yeah, you, you think you. about it, it could it could totally happen, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. And I love the concept as well because ultimately both of them were playing a part, right? Because they're yeah. like, I'm sitting next to a stranger, never like likely never to see them again. Like I can just put this persona on that I've always wanted to be. And um, and then they're like, oh, yeah, P.S., you've got to stop over now. I'm like, yes, oh. She's like, oh, my God, I've been acting like a total whole bag. I know. And she's like, oh, really? And sorry, this guy's like a sure thing and I'm so not a sure thing. So. <laughs> no. And I was just, and I actually love the cutout in that part because it's like, yeah, look, sorry about this, but, yeah, that's not going to happen. And he's like, yeah, it's not going to happen. And then it just cuts to and he slams me up against the wall and I was like, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> I do love that. Um, so yeah, obviously a hot, passionate one night stand. Um, and then he's just like, see ya. Uh, <laughs> I know. What, what the hell? When he doesn't ask for her number the next morning, I, I like, know, rude. Oh, Wouldn't he pretend? I know, just <laughs> pretend and then don't call, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Not even ask, like what? Even through the whole book, I really was battling. I'm like, I love him. My God, he's an asshole. <laughs> yes, I know. Like yeah, some yeah. of this, like he could be so sweet. And then some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth, you're like, mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Jefferson, get mm. yourself in line. Um, but yeah, <laughs> anyway, obviously we cut, you know, a year down the track and she's going, she's got a job at a new company. Um, and then bam, does the uh does the little walk around, and there he is. How convenient. So mm-hmm. convenient. Yeah. You know that at that point that that is like literally why even fight fate anymore? Like if that happened in real life, you'd be like, look, I don't know what you've got going on in your personal life, but we are meant to. I know, I know. It's funny, isn't it? It, It's bizarre, but yeah, Mm. it happens, right? Mm. A couple of things that I loved about this little section of the book is Firstly, I loved that she was like, um, he like wanted to induct me into the Miles High Club. And then she puts two and two together and she's like, yeah. oh my God, he wasn't talking about the Mile High Club. It's because that's his surname. There's probably so many people that are part of this club. She was so insensitive. <laughs> All the people. <laughs> All the people are in the club. I thought that was special. It's so I know, special. she's so incensed by it. I'm like, this is so funny. Um, and then how he's just like full on like, well, I'm just going to be a total stalker now. And I love how he's just like, uh, bring up level 40 and just like <laughs> zoning in on her desk. On I know, camera. on the security cameras, he's sitting at his desk watching her like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, so. Um, zoom in. <laughs> zoom in. <laughs> I know. And he's like, yeah, so uh, by the way, like I've been, you know, um like we should get together and she's like I've got a boyfriend and she's like yeah he's like yeah so um get rid of him yeah can you um, get rid of him <laughs> that's that's done because like I'm here now um, yeah yeah like he's just so self-absorbed it's like so yeah. self-absorbed so she's self-absorbed. like you can't always get what you want and he's like but I do I know yeah, I, yeah, I, I do. It's, it's funny because I've just read it again probably two or three months ago to get my head around it for, you know, just to tidy up the epilogues. It's been a long time since I wrote them. And I actually, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, my 
God, this guy's infuriating. Like, <laughs> just like, because the other brothers are so swoony and sweet, you forget that there's this. I know. He's the CEO, so I guess he has to be. That's right. And 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 that's where it comes down to that persona as well, like where he's like Jemison, the CEO, or Jim, like the unassuming sexy businessman that's sitting next to you on the plane. And I just like love the just total contrast between his two kind of sides of his personality because he was like, well, I had anonymity there. Like I wasn't anybody. I had no expectations. Um, I could just act however I wanted. But Emily also like, through the whole course of the book, she doesn't she doesn't give a shit that he's a CEO. She's no. like, I don't. Like, she wants Jim. She I, wants yeah. Jim. She's like, she's like, playing. Yeah. She didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And even you know, as it progresses, she's kind of like, I I I want you to be a CEO. Like I I love that part of you too. Like you don't have to not be that person. But I also don't give a shit that you live in this ridiculously expensive penthouse <laughs> and have a limo drive you around also amazing I'd love that like I know, I know. It's that. Funny. isn't it funny how certain aspects like for authors there's always in series there's always certain aspects of things that you write that you just every time you read it you just feel like you get that rush that you love it yeah, absolutely. I know this sounds ridiculous because it's such a trivial thing and I don't know why I love it, but in all the Miles High books, there's a cafe across the road and the yes. girls always sit there and watch the boys get yeah. dropped off and taken by their chauffeur driver and, you know, some of them come with other women or whatever, but it's always that. And it's just so clear in my head what it would be like to be sitting, you know, across the cafe. Yeah across the road watching your boyfriend get picked up and dropped off and just having that that weird correlation yeah I think it's amazing that cafe and also like I'm just imagining like when the four of the the brothers walk out together like it being in that yes. slow-mo yes yes like, yeah, like, like yeah. getting out of their way flipping their, flipping I, their I glasses on whenever I read it I'm like oh, I like that yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah. It's a real Wall Street type of vibe. Yeah. Remember when I went to New York a few years ago, we went down to Wall Street and I was just like, oh my God, I feel so swanky right now. I'm just a tourist, oh, but like. I just... I, seriously, I love New York. I love um, I love the energy because like everyone yeah. who works there is at the top of their game. Like they're yeah. all the head offices are in New York. So anyone who works for a big company, they're not just some Joe Blow who's just yeah. like, you know they're they're on their game like if they've got a job in New York so I just sit there the whole time I'm in New York I just sit there at the bars like underneath the office buildings with these goofy grins watching <laughs> I, I love New York the girls are all in their power suits and the guys are in there you know absolutely yeah. I do yeah. love that um but I do love the little power struggle actually between Jemison and Emily like he's just like right well she's gonna submit to me like tomorrow this is what you're gonna wear to work then she doesn't wear that the next day and then he's like like excuse me like how dare you yes um you know and she's like why is he so pissed off like I'm not gonna do what he tells me to and I also as you were saying like the Kind of relationship between the brothers. I love that they know about her 
<laughs> and they're like, oh my God, it's the girl that gave him the hickey. And then they're like, what? No way. And it's just like fully ribbing him the whole time on like on the fact that she just is not submitting to him. And what about, it's funny, what about on the first night, remember the first night they're together and she doesn't know what happens, but in the morning he's like looking in the mirror going, what the fuck happened? Why do I have a, hickey, a huge ass hickey on my neck? Anyway, and it doesn't sort of mean anything at that point, but when you go forward a year and you work out his personality and how powerful and he had all these important meetings for the so Was it his mum's birthday he, or something? He his mum's birthday and he had to wear a scarf because he was, and it was hot and you you find yeah. out all these things and it actually makes you chuckle. What the hell? Hilarious. That, that's actually one of the scenes that flicks back in the epilogue. <laughs> Oh, okay. I just love it. I love how the brother's like, oh my God, remember how he had to wear a turtleneck for like two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, meanwhile, I'm like, what type of damage did she do to She like went I hard. I remember she's like, what the hell happened? I turned into some kind of vampire. <laughs> what the hell? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do love that part. I, I love the, um, uh, the part where she <laughs> takes him camping. <laughs> I was, just, I was just guy the whole time I'm like oh he is not he's not liking this and then of course they get stuck in the storm and all goes to shit I mean it works out in the end but I remember, I remember when I was writing that um he's in the car looking and they're going down this dirt track and he says to her I've, I've watched a movie about this place once yes and she says well, that was made here once and she says what was that and he says the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I got the giggles so hard and I thought it was so funny. And I kept reading it to my husband. And my husband's like, it's not even fucking funny. What are you doing? <laughs> I thought it was hilarious because I I'm could like, picture it. It's funny. That's funny. Cause you know, Blair Witch, it's like scary. He's like, no, nah, it's not funny. I'm like, it's funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the whole thing was funny. And so if this, if you are turning this into some type of screenplay, that must remain. Oh, yeah. And when she wants to go skinny dipping and he yeah, no, he's like, I don't want to eel eating my cock or something. I am not offering my dick as life pay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did love that. Even just the, yeah, the, the banter in that whole thing was just hilarious. I loved it. That was my favorite, one of my favorite scenes. He thinks he's going to get eaten by a bear. Like it was funny. <laughs> and he's getting like bitten by bugs and. Oh, yeah. But and, and, yeah, I love that <laughs> he's kind of scared. He's like, oh, this is not going to end well. <laughs> and what about, I don't know if you guys have read the do-over, but when um, Christopher's getting ready to go on his trip, he says, I'll call Jamison. He goes, Camp- he went camping once. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I just love it so much. <laughs> um. Uh, I, I do, I do, yeah. I like that he's, you know, he still did it though. Like he still yeah, did. He was he did not. He did he was do not, it. Yeah, he, he did do it. it. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's, I think he did well. Absolutely. Did well. Absolutely. And so like underlying the relationship part, we also have obviously um, the scandal mm. um, where, you know, somebody is, double-crossing Miles Media and selling their stories out to competitors so that they're not breaking the news, which, of course, 
Emily picks up because you know she's she's that switched on and she becomes like a little hidden spy really which yep. you know I do I, you know I have an affinity for spies like I feel like I could be a really good one um she really gets into the role really well she's like okay I would I would be really good at it um so but the part that really frustrated me was when Emily and Amanda was actually sitting right next to me when I read this part oh my god you just don't understand her tea like seriously she was so annoying I was she like was so Emily Emily what a silly little lie what a silly little lie Emily why didn't you tell Tristan I know it's so it's so annoying like what about I I I do these things myself and I think oh my god this is gonna be so annoying like I get so annoyed and I'm the one writing it (laughs) seriously you did not just do that and I'm like as I write it like I'm like 85 percent in at this point I'm like oh no, specifically it was 68% in. I know this because you said it about 20 times. We were traveling for work. So we were in the same room together. It was like 11 o'clock at night. This is her 68% in, 68% in. Emily, why are you doing this? Why wouldn't, why, this is going to bite her in the ass. Yep. Next page. Look, it's bitter in the ass. I told yep. you. I told, told you. you. Told you. And then the next I morning she was like, happen. I was up until 1 a.m trying to get to the next part it was like 80 percent in still haven't resolved this lie see miscommunication i'm like oh my god i know i get a lie emily wasn't necessary emily i'm with you i get it i get it i I, I know there was a lot of things there when i was like are you serious but the yellow roses that you know oh that was She when he turns up with yellow roses, he turns up with the yellow roses because he thinks that he doesn't want to push it too much with the red roses. So he says, oh, I gave you, she goes, yellow? And he says, well, friends. And she goes, you want to we be friends? Be friends. <laughs> then she like mangulates the roses. And oh. stomps on them. And, and then stomps on them. Either I mean, the full on meltdown. Full he on thinks I want to be his friend? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be your friend. I'm going to not friends asshole like I know I've got all my new friends from my job I mean I have ridden you a number of times really well that counts as something yeah yeah oh gosh and you know what else I love another scene that I love which is totally off topic I love when she finds out that he gets massages each week and he has hooked up with his masseuse before oh my god Chloe yes yeah so she's like outrage I would be too outrage that he still like, wants to yeah. go and he's like oh nothing happened this time like I mean like, I'm just getting massaged now no action on the side of the massage now I've got a girlfriend so now it's all different like what mm. <laughs> no so clueless yeah yeah. Um, and like, but the way he even says it is like, well, doesn't everyone fuck their masseuse? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was oily. She was there. I mean, I it's totally a normal situation. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I don't even know. He, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad he figured his shit out at the end. And I did Last. love, I did love his groveling as well. I thought. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I actually am glad that it was an extended amount of groveling because I feel like he ha- it had to be like because you know sometimes you read stuff and it's like 
oh he groveled and then they made up and I'm like no 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 like he's messed up pretty bad here like yeah he needs to fix yeah. it yeah I would have liked to have really extended that groveling but I, I had a page count but <laughs> I would have really dragged him a lot more through the ringer if I was allowed I mean he, you, you did he make him catch a bus a couple few, of times he caught he a bus had to watch her on a few dates and I would have really oh yeah him, but I wasn't yeah. But yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't have handled that well. No, so that would have been great. I would. Have yeah. I mean, he didn't handle it at the bar that night where he was out with his brothers and she was dancing with the guy, and he just like become caveman and he was walked over and he was basically just beat his chest and was like mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would have liked to have you know elaborated, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was good that I could kind of turn that around in the in the pages that I had. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, my favourite quote the whole time is one of Jameson's. Uh, it was in Chapter 12. And um, it's while they're, you know, having some relations. times. Yep, relations. <laughs> and it says, he says, that's it, baby. Milk me and show me who oh! <laughs> I'm watching my, my nerd, like... None pearls here. What the hell? Oh, so God. I read that, that and so I had to highlight immediately. Oh, that's so my favorite. You know, uh, a really couple of it. my favorite things are the fact that he kept licking her. Oh, yeah, licking her and <laughs> licking, licking, her. licking her collarbone and stuff. Yeah. Um, and also, I really liked when he said, um, when she still had her boyfriend, and he was like, ask him if he feels like he might die if he doesn't get to touch you again. And she's like, yeah. why would I ask him that? And he's like, because there's another man who does. And then he I just know, I was like, up, swoon, like dramatically, swoon, Jemison. Yeah, I like that scene. Yeah. That's it, funny. I, I even remember where I was when I wrote that line because I was like, oh, I like that. Um, <laughs> you have certain lines in books that you actually remember everything about where you were when you wrote it. So that was one of those. Yeah, definitely. I, I liked um, the part in his groveling, his extended groveling. And um, she's like, he's like, well, what are you doing on the weekend? She goes, I'm going to my parents' house. And then he says, well, that's going to be uncomfortable. And she's like, what is it? <laughs> um well, when I follow you to your parents' house. <laughs> no, you're not coming. <laughs> it's like, well, obviously I am. It would be uncomfortable for everybody involved. <laughs> I know. I just, I don't know. He's, his banter was hilarious. <laughs> he's funny. I reckon he's really... He's like, just, I, I don't think he tries to be funny. He's just He's funny, funny because he delivers things so deadpan. Yeah. And it's like, well... That's that. He's just got no filter and he's, yeah, his brain is a bit out there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay. All right, let's get into some questions. I've just lost my thing there. <laughs> what got you into writing in the first place? Ah, so this is a funny story. Well, it's not funny, but um, so my husband and I, 12 years ago bought a business that didn't go well we lost everything oh my god um, just about to go bankrupt like literally really bad and I read a book called The Secret by Rhonda Byrne I don't know if you're familiar no I haven't read that you haven't read it read it read it changed my life 
And it's all about looking for signs in your life where to go. Like the universe gives you signs and we miss them all because we don't know what we're looking for. So I was like, right, turn my life around and I'm going to look for a sign. I wanted a sign, I wanted a sign. Anyway, about two weeks later, I was cleaning out my garage and I found a box and I've lived in 30 houses because my husband was a footballer. So we've lived a lot of places and I found a box from when we first moved out. And there was boots and teddies and handbags, you know, stuff you have when you're like 18. I think we were 22, 23. And in the bottom of that box, I found a diary with a pen in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. I opened it up and it was all these stories I'd written when I was 18. Um, One was the Stanton series, one was the Mr. series. I had literally written, I had literally penned out all these plots. and I remember I was looking at it and I was like, oh, that's right. I wanted to be an author. Like I, I had completely forgotten because, you know, you have these dreams when you're a kid and then you go off and follow your boyfriends or your work dreams or whatever, but you forget what you actually wanted to do and it was just you. Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, I was cleaning, finished, clean, put the, um, the diary on my balcony and I was cleaning the rest of my garage and I kept looking out the window and looking at it and I was thinking it's a sign it's a sign this is the sign and I literally went in um, inside and I had no money so I downloaded a free sample of word for windows and I wrote chapter one and my first scene that I ever wrote this is the funny thing because I was I was a mad romance reader I'd read, read read a book a day for years like since I was 15 16 and my first scene that I ever wrote was a virginity scene between two cousins. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, talk about balls to the wall. I was so hard. Straight into taboo. Just like this. I was like, yeah, we're going to do this. Let's go. And then, um, yeah, I basically have written every day since. I've never done a writing class. I don't know what I'm doing have no idea about punctuation so it's turned out okay I love that story yeah I do too so there for it it's yeah so it's um a weird story but I feel like you could turn that into a screenplay like I feel like you literally could so the it's funny because the the stories that I'm writing now are stories that I plotted when I was 17 that's amazing. But I wouldn't have had the guts to yeah. write the way I do now. So it's like I put the the ideas out into the universe and then I had to get the life experience to come back. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Older. So it's cool. It's a very cool story. It it even, is. I even get goosebumps when I tell people because it's just so random. Like it's random. It's amazing. But I think it's like, like it's like fate, right? Like yeah, it's like who like finds a diary? manifestation literally 25 years after I wrote it who has a diary for 25 years like so cool and I'm not a keeper like I don't keep all the random stuff I just never seen this box before like I probably would have chucked it out without even looking at it you know what I mean so yeah oh I love that that's very special so cool yeah it's a cool story I'd be asked that question now (laughs) yeah I (laughs) Um, do you have a favourite book or series you've written to date? Uh, not really. Like whenever I'm writing a book, that's my new favourite. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, Find Me, Alistair is my hardest book to write, um, was my hardest book to write, and it's probably the closest to my heart because I wrote it for myself. Yeah. I really didn't think anyone would like it. Um, it's very different. I don't know if you guys have read it. No, I haven't read that one yet. No. Um, yeah, I can't tell you too much about it, but it's not contemporary. It's more fantasy. Um, and I plotted this when I was young. and it was a book that would not leave me alone. Like I just, I'd write a book and then I'd think, oh, could I write it now? And I'd think, no, no, that's too off, too off genre, genre. I'm not writing that. And it just was calling to me too loud. And so I literally wrote it and published it thinking I'll probably sell five copies and they'll probably hate it, but I've done it for me and that's what yeah. I wanted to do. And honestly, that is the book that I get the most emails about. And oh, that's really cool. There's two and the book two and three are coming out next year. Um, I need yeah. to read that. That's probably okay. my book, the book that I'm most proud of because it's so random. <laughs> yeah, I want to go and read it now. It's it's drawing me in now. I know. I just wrote. I wrote the secret. I've written. Well, you, girls, honestly, I I've got a writing group. I don't know if you girls know. Um, I've got like a thousand girls in this book in this group, and we I post videos on how to write books like there's 40 50 videos in there and the very first step I tell them read the secret it'll change your life okay it It literally changed my life the way I see things the way I it's just read it please read it yep I I I actually when I was really negative and like in a really bad space um, I literally watched the movie on I think it was on YouTube at the time I watched it three, four times a day for five months, every day, to try and get it into my unconscious. Yes. And I know it word for word. If I hear someone calling it, I can quote it like any page. So <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Well, everybody listening, there you go. This is a hot tip. Read go it. Read, read it. it. Read it. <laughs> Do you have a favourite character that you have written? Um. Yes, look, it's funny. I, I like certain aspects of all the characters like that I write. Obviously, I have to, you know, connect to the characters. My favourite, I can't say I have a favourite. It's like asking for a favourite child. But if I had to date one of the people, yes. that, like, that, let's say it like that, if I was had to date, the mo- the men that are the most like my husband is Joshua Stanton and probably Jamison. So I like that kind of strong, dominant, alpha kind of bit bastard-ish kind of personality. Does that make sense? Yep. yep. Um, not that my husband's a bastard. He's not <laughs> a bastard. But I, I'm attracted to stronger men who yeah. don't put up, you know, the no frills kind of guys. So I would date Joshua. Jamison, marry the rest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you have any writing rituals? Uh, yes. So I I write full time, obviously. So I've got a couple. I've got three girls that work for me full time. Um, they handle all my foreign rights and my audibles and their brand managers for all my backlist. So they do a lot of the stuff in the background. So um, the main thing I do is I only write when my mind is on. 
Yes, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Don't believe in this sitting at a desk and making yourself right for the sake of it because to me when I do that you can tell yeah you can tell that I'm not into it and I'm just going through the motions so I have to wait for the characters to hit me (laughs) (laughs) which is tough some days so some days I'll write one paragraph and I'll just be like it's not happening so I'll go and do other work and then I'll come back and I'll you know like it might take me a week to get in the zone and then once I'm working, it's bang, I don't stop. Like I'll write 10 hours a day until the book's yeah. finished. That's so that, Sometimes it takes me a couple of months. Like I'll start something and then I'll, yeah, that's not right. And then I'll rewrite it and then I'll rewrite it. Sometimes like and I'm, I'm really super hard on myself. So sometimes I might write the first chapter to a book. I, you know, I, it's I've, it's nothing for me to write the first chapter of a book up to 15 times. Wow. So I've written 60,000 words before I even get the first chapter finished. <laughs> it's just not good enough. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, mm, yeah, you need to get it right. Enough. It's not good enough. Cause I know, I think the the biggest thing that I have is I know that once it goes out into the world, I don't get a chance to work on it anymore and that's it. And it's yeah. out mm-hmm. forever. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah, so sure. important that I love, love, love every word that I put out. So I won't, yeah, that's my ritual. I just go with how it's going. I can't yeah, pump out a, I wish I could. I wish I wish I was one of those authors that could sit down and write 10,000 words today, 10,000 words today, 10,000 words. No. Doesn't I think work. everybody has their own style. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, so if you were a chair... Hmm. What type of chair would you be and what celebrity would you want to sit in you? Hmm. Okay. Probably just show you. Oh, I can't show you. Can I show you? You might see that on this podcast. I would be probably a velvet, because I love velvet, big wing-backed chair. Yes. With an ottoman. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. yep. And, you know, I, I probably celebrity... I would probably want to talk to, if, if I could talk to anyone who interests me, it would probably be Oprah Winfrey or Michelle Obama. Isn't that yep. weird? No, it's not weird. No. They're, they're two people that interest me. They'd be oh, very, I think they'd be very interesting to talk yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I just really like their outlook and yeah. Know, they've, they've met some incredible, amazing people that I would like to talk about with. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, if you could only choose one song to play every time that you walked into a room, what would it be? Uh, I I told my son, my husband, the other day that um, when I die, the song that I want played at my funeral is Salt and Pepper, Push It. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You know, the beginning. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm not playing that at your funeral. It's like, come on, that'll be cool. He's like, that's not so cool. cool. <laughs> no, like mix it up a bit. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, I'm like the complete opposite. I'm like, I'm going to pick the most heart wrenching songs oh. and everyone cries. I want everyone to be devastated. Yeah, no. Well, my girlfriends, my girlfriend, my, I've still got the same girlfriends I had when I was 14. So there's a group of 10 of us. Um, we all live all over Australia now. We don't live together, but we get together a couple of times a year. And whenever that song comes on, it's like we're back to being 16-year-olds or whatever we <laughs> yes. were. It's like, ah! 
Yeah, that's it's a definite vibe. That yeah, song. It's, it's a yeah. weird song. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So lastly, if you had a one night stand with one of the Stanton brothers, Ooh. who would it be? Mm, one night stand, Jamison, hundred percent. Yeah, but. If I had to marry someone, I'd probably marry Christopher. Oh no, I'd probably marry Elliot. Because I love Elliot's romantic. Like Elliot to me is the most romantic character I think I've written. Yeah. Um, Christopher and Tristan are the most fun. So I don't yeah. know. You yeah. know, yeah. Really like they're fun. Yeah. But Alistair and Elliot are definitely Alistair is probably my most romantic character I've ever written. But um one night stand, Jamison for sure. No, I think I think it'd be a good choice. Yeah, I like I feel like I couldn't go wrong. No, no. not at all. Any no. role plays, like you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks we so cannot much, wait to hear um, and read the epilogues when they come out. Yeah. Um, but yes, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. And it was so lovely seeing you at the signing the other day.